1 Timothy. First Timothy chapter 5 is where we're going to be. We're going to pick it up in verse 17 this morning. As you flip there, just pray that the book of Timothy will be a book that you can come back to, maybe as a book of just maybe the basics, the fundamentals. Paul just lays out some fundamentals for this young man Timothy and in a lot of different areas for the church, and it can then spill over into his own personal life. You know, how do you take care of widows? Timothy, how do you deal with older men and younger men and older women and younger women? Timothy, how do you uh, take care of yourself and, and encourage them over, over time to pay attention to your doctrine? Because those things will affect those people that are around you. He's going to encourage Timothy. Timothy, I want you to, to uh, use your spiritual gift and his as Will has said this morning already, uh, there are different family members in our family that, that need you. There's different neighbors that are in your neighborhood that need you. And so use your gifts. You know, I, um, I don't think we do a very good job of this every week, but I think every week we should remind yourself that you have enlisted in missionary service to be an ambassador for Christ when you walk off of this property. You gather here for spiritual encouragement. You gather here for worship. You gather here for the Word of God to give you some truth to help build your life around. So here's, here's some things that, that are for you. And then take those things and make a difference in our community. I, um, I wish that we could do a better job, you know, of saying when you leave, I mean, we've put a sign out there that says, are you now entering the mission field? How many times, hundreds of times have you driven by it and never even seen it? But you are the mission field. You are the ambassadors in Highlands County. And you have an opportunity to go out and use your spiritual gift. Timothy now is going to give uh, this young man, and, or Paul's going to give to Timothy some instructions. Some more information of how to run this, this church and this family. Way to deal with some issues, deal with some problems. So if you have your Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17. I want to say to you as I get to this passage of scripture... I didn't plan for it to be pastor appreciation, and I'm not looking for anything in return in this, when I get to this passage of scripture, I want to say to you up front before I say anything else, God has blessed us with an administrative committee and an elder board and a deacon board, but mostly with the administrative and the elder board, because they deal a lot more with the financial side, that your pastors aren't starving. And I think you need to know that. You need to know that, that they have done a good job over the years of saying, hey, what about this and this and this? Sure, is, is there anybody in here have all the money that they want? No, there's not one of you. But God has blessed the leadership of Bible Fellowship Church, and so I don't read this passage of Scripture with any ulterior motives other than to say thank you to you as a family because God has given me a gift and opportunity to work with you and my, my opportunity is to lead you to the cross. My opportunity is to say, hey, follow me. And I get paid to do that. And that is a great privilege for me. So I'm excited about the opportunities that we have laid out in front of us. I'm excited about the new year, what God has got planned. I'm excited about the ministry opportunities that God has, has laid out in front of us. Just so you know, a neat ministry opportunity that most of you have no idea about is the Woodlawn movie. And I was talking, uh, Susan and I went and watched the movie uh, on um, Friday night a week ago. And so I was talking to the, to the guy that runs the movie theater. I said, hey, by the way, 
can we um, sponsor as a church so some of the sports teams can come watch the movie? And he says, well, that's a possibility, but you for, or, um, a fellowship of Christian athletes has already booked the movie theater. And they've already got the Sebring High School football team, Lake Placid football team. They're working on the Avon Park football team. The, all the girls' uh, basketball team at Sebring High School was going to go watch it. And they had set aside all of this week from like 4 o'clock and the 7 o'clock showing just different opportunities. All they needed was funding. And so God gave us an opportunity to, to bless uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes and, uh, and resources for, for Tim to be able to say, hey, look, I can invite you, I can invite you because now it's been paid for. And so if you haven't watched it, it's a neat opportunity to hear the name Jesus on a huge screen. And, and it's a true story based on a true story. And actually what I found out is the brothers that wrote the story... Their father was the chaplain. So I'll leave all that to you. Now you all need to go watch the movie, all right? Um, so just a neat ministry opportunity that God has allowed us to be involved in. How, how is that going to affect generations to come? I have no idea. Which young man, which young lady sat in that movie theater and said, hey, I want to have this. I need this. I have no idea. But it was an opportunity, a neat opportunity that we've got to be involved in in this week. First Timothy chapter 5, and verse 17, it says this. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it's treading around the grain, and the worker deserves the wages. Do not entertain any accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that the others may take warning. Verse 21 I charge you in the sight of God in Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and to do nothing out of favoritism. Do not be hasty in laying on of hands and do not share in the sin of others. Keep yourself pure. Stop drinking only water. Use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illness. The sins of some men are obvious reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not cannot be hidden. So this morning, as you've gathered around the Word of God, I pray that you do believe the Bible is God's instruction book to you. I do pray and ask and beg God that the, that the Word of God would be your blueprint, not just mine, but your blueprint for life. As you work through passages of Scripture, as you wrestle with truth, that you would say, God, this is truth. And now I want to mold myself with the help of the Holy Spirit around the truth of the Word of God. I'm not going to say anything about the double honor. I want to say thank you. It's a great privilege for me to be involved in Bible Fellowship Church. I do want to share some things with you this morning. How to deal with the sin of someone that might be involved in leadership. I think that's very important. I think as Paul is sharing with this young man, Timothy, if you drop into verse um, 19, do not entertain any accusations against an elder unless it has been brought by two or three witnesses. You, another a passage of scripture that you can cross-reference is Matthew chapter 18, 15 through 19. And so Paul is talking with Timothy, and if you're going to be involved in a church, there's going to be some leadership so Paul, as you deal, or Timothy, as you deal with leadership, this is how I want you to do this. Timothy, if there's something going on with an elder, 
I want you to go with two or three witnesses and have a conversation. Sit down with this person and say, hey, this is my concern. This is something that maybe I might be seeing as witnesses, a possible sin that might be in their lives. But I think it's really important as you go through this passage of Scripture, remind yourself to remove the plank in your own eye first. There's not one of us sitting in this room that doesn't need forgiveness today. And so if there's something as we're involved in leadership, or there's things that you might be concerned about, or there's areas of sin that you might think, hey, I think this, this is, might be a sin issue, don't just go with one person. Take two. And go sit down and talk with that individual. What I've found over the years, that I welcome people to come into my office. I love to be able to say I'm sorry. I love to be able to ask for forgiveness when forgiveness is needed. I'm not afraid of that. And I don't think any one of our elders are either. That you would come alongside of them and say, hey, here's a concern that I have. And as I think about the opportunity, if that elder would continue on in their sin, Paul's very clear how you deal with that. You you rebuke that person publicly. Now why? Because I think we all need to become to true fruition that there's consequences to our sin. It is very comfortable to be a Christian living in America and we never come face to face with the consequences of sin. I wish I could have been there. I'm not wish I could have been there, but I wish I would have known what it was like after Ananias and Sapphira's choice. I wonder what it was like after, so refreshing my mind this morning as I was reading about Moses and the nation of Israel. And Moses comes down from the mountain and they're worshiping a golden calf. I just can imagine as Moses' anger burned inside of his soul. And everybody, and it's always interesting, and let me just say this up front, if there's sin in your life and somebody comes to you, just ask for forgiveness. Don't hide it. Take responsibility for your actions. As Moses comes down, Aaron had seen God do amazing things. Aaron was the one that was sitting there and he asked them for the gold. And so when Moses comes to confront him, what what does Aaron say? Well, we just kind of put it in there and then out came this calf. No, no. Scripture is very clear. As you observe the truth of God's word, Aaron took that gold and he formed it into a calf. And so when Moses gets down there, can you imagine him grinding up, burning up this, this golden calf, and then making those people drink it? And then after that, the Levites went through camp, and you know how many died? 3,000 died that day. And then after that, God sent a plague on his people. Vivid reminders of, hey, you want to play games? It's your opportunity. You want to live in open sin? It's your opportunity. But just the word of wisdom, consequences always come after open sin. You won't be able to hide it. It won't just disappear. You will suffer the consequences. You will feel the pain. 
oh, you can have forgiveness. And probably all of us sitting in this room have made some pretty unwise choices. And we've got forgiveness of our sin. But we probably have some of those consequences that haven't went away yet. And so as Paul's talking to Timothy, as he deals with leadership, elders of that church, if that individual's not willing, after being confronted by witnesses, then Paul's going to church, encourage Timothy to rebuke that person publicly. And I don't know of all the years the Bible Fellowship Church has been involved in ministry that we've ever had an elder that was ever been confronted by sin and not asked for forgiveness. I don't think of any years of the ministry that I'm aware of that we ever had to openly rebuke somebody publicly that was an elder, say, yeah, this person is no longer an elder of Bible Fellowship Church because of open sin. That's a blessing. And as we move forward, we pray for the same thing. God would empower the leaders of Bible Fellowship Church to live their lives in surrender and obedience to the truth of God's Word. Here's what he says also, and if you read on a little bit farther, he says... Um, Verse 21, I charge you, so he's, he's given this warning, I charge you in the sight of God, Christ Jesus, and the elect angels. Very interesting. Have you ever thought about the elect angels of the church? Have you ever thought about not only is God involved, not only is Jesus involved, but Paul wanted to remind Timothy that there was elders, maybe those, there, there was angels, maybe those angels are watching over Maybe those angels are protecting. Maybe those angels are surrounding this building outside in the darkness, keeping Satan outside of this building. Maybe the angels are sitting next to you, working in your life, identifying truth so you see truth. And so not only just do you see it, not only do you, do you welcome the truth, not only do you walk out of these doors, but truth impacts your life this afternoon, tomorrow morning, that the word of God becomes a priority of your life. The generations to come will see your life. And when your name is brought to them, they'll be reminded that you were a warrior of truth. That you battle for truth. But he urges Timothy, I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and to do nothing out of favoritism. Timothy, I'm going to encourage you and charge you to not allow your personal prejudice to tip the scale. Let me try this again. I will charge you not to allow personal prejudice to tip the scale of justice. It's personal prejudice. It's partiality. It's favoritism. And how many times... Have we seen, in our, probably in our own personal life, well, Lord, we're not going to say anything to that person because we don't want to hurt their feelings. How many times have we not come alongside of somebody and said, hey, I just maybe want to give you a word of encouragement. And we're afraid of that individual's response to us. Timothy, you have a very, very difficult job. Timothy, there are going to be times that you want to play favoritism. Timothy, there's going to be opportunities for you to show partiality. And Paul charges Timothy in the sight of God and in Christ Jesus 
and the elect angels, Timothy, don't do it. Don't show partiality. Don't show favoritism. Don't go down those roads. Timothy, as you move, move forward as a leader in this church, he picks it up in verse 22 and he says this to Timothy. Do not be hasty in laying on the hands and do not share in the sins of others. What is he going to say to Timothy? Timothy, if you've confronted this individual elder that's involved in leadership, don't too easily reordain this person. Don't move too fast. Allow healing in the individual's life. Allow forgiveness. Allow time to develop. Just because somebody makes an unwise choice, does that mean they're out of the ministry for the rest of their life? I have a friend that we often text back and forth. He made an unwise decision. Most of you probably read about him. What most of you didn't know is that second hour he came and sat in here with his wife and with his children. For weeks that led to months that led to him moving to a different community. Which led God to allow him to reconcile his marriage after conversations of him saying, I'm not interested. But the Holy Spirit of God gripped his heart, radically changed his life. I used to sit with him at lunch thinking, man, this man has all the academic knowledge I've ever wanted to have. And he could whip out point after point after point. He could tell you all this information. You know what happened? After his unwise choice, he went from a man of academia to a man who had a heart for God. Man loves to write. So I read his writings. It's different now. He has a personal relationship with Jesus. Here's something I find fascinating. God allowed an unwise choice, the possibility of divorce, possibility which we were, we were, they were headed towards, of losing his family. The now possibility that if he was in town, I would allow him to stand here and share the word of God with you. Because of the years I've seen this man, his heart be molded and shaped by God out of forgiveness. I would lay my hands on this man today. I endorse you. I bless you. This man is my friend. And this man has changed. So as I look at this passage of scripture, is there opportunities for forgiveness? Absolutely. Is there one person that has it all together as a leader? No way. But I see Paul challenging Timothy to say, hey, look, be careful. Don't show partiality. Don't show favoritism. And just because somebody said, hey, I'm, I want forgiveness, don't automatically just put them right back to ministry. Don't just say, here it is. Don't lay your hands on too hastily. Laying your hands on somebody shows Timothy that he agrees that this person is fit for ministry. Don't move too quickly when it comes to ministry. A passage of scripture that I'm thinking about, I've written down here, is 
Psalm 119, 105. Hide God's word in your heart that you might not, what? Sin. Build your life around the structure, the truth, the blueprint, the foundation of the word of God. Why? So that you will know truth. So that truth would set you free. As you look at these passages of scripture, I'm sure that this is not anything that you had ever thought about for a Sunday morning. You didn't wake up and say, wow, I can't wait to go to church and talk about the, the elder, the leader of the church making double wages. I can't wait to talk about when I get to church that if I got a problem with somebody in leadership that I want to make sure that I get two witnesses and go confront them. I never thought I'd be so excited I wouldn't be favoritism about the, a leader in church that I would just turn my cheek and walk away. I'm sure none of those things excite you this morning as you represent or join the part of the Bible Fellowship Church family this morning. I understand that. But I think this is the way God wants us to conduct our family, and I think you need to know that. Because otherwise, it's like the blind leading the blind. This is what God expects out of you for us and expects us for you. And all of those, these words this morning, there's one little phrase that jumps out to me. Timothy, keep yourself pure. I see Timothy in the middle of this passage of Scripture wrestling with one thing. What would that be? Purity. Before God, before Jesus, and before the elect angels over in that church. God, what do you want me to do? God, I I really want to take the easy road out here. God, I want to take the most comfortable road. God, I really don't want to do this. God, it's it's going to all come back on me in the end anyway. God, it's just going to be my fault in the end anyway. God, I really don't want to go there. But Timothy is reminded by Paul that he's responsible before God, before Jesus Christ, and before the elect angels that are battling for for that family. Timothy, do what's right. How did we do this week? The situations that you knew were right and wrong, how did we do? As I look at this passage of scripture, I'm reminded of this, and I think my dad told me this as a young man. Actions speak louder than words. So we've gathered together as a family. We're going to be ambassadors of one one or two people this week. You will be an ambassador for Christ, or you're going to be an ambassador for Satan. You can read verse 24 this afternoon and 23. You know Paul's telling Timothy that he needs to drink a little. You know, wine for stomach's sake, and I got that, and I'm not against anybody drinking a little wine. I will come find you if you're drunk, though. (laughs) I'm reminded this morning that we have the opportunities and the privileges to be Jesus Christ's sons and daughters. He's deposited, as Pastor Andy shared with us last week, about the Holy Spirit. He's deposited the Holy Spirit. The essence of God, the power of God is living inside of you 
gift of the Holy Spirit, who longs to bring out fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Should we let him run free this week? We turn our lives over, our wants, our selfishness, the things that we thought would be best for us to say, Holy Spirit, just work in my life. I can't stop thinking about the Tuesday or Wednesday morning. Friday morning. I don't know if you knew that. Friday morning there was a bomb threat. All the schools were locked down. Started in late classes. Sure, you read the newspaper about Nusamai. This is what I keep thinking about. What would have happened if one of us, as a family, was standing next to that bomb? And what would have happened if the bomb went off? Where would you be this morning? Thankfully, they found all the bombs. The person that was responsible is now where that person needs to be, and I would ask you to start praying for that person. Something has went radically wrong in an individual's life for them to get to the point to know that they don't really care enough about anybody else that they're willing to go to extremes to hurt somebody. What that means, that person needs Jesus. Person doesn't need you to point your finger. Doesn't need you to go around the community and say how bad they are. No, no. But for the grace of God, it could be you and I that was thinking that. So this morning, as I put the concept of actions speak louder than words along with the truth of God's word that's, that Paul shares with Timothy, hey, these are the things I want you to do that are, that are uncomfortable, but it's truth, this is how I want you to run this family, that put those things together in this, you know, seven verses, what do your actions demonstrate? What choices have you made this week for the cross? What actions are being demonstrated in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit that you belong to Jesus Christ? Or has there been more actions this week to say that you don't belong to Him? I don't know what this will be like But I know when I take my last breath, I will stand before God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. You know what I'll be responsible for? For the opportunities that I've had to lead you in a direction, I'll be held accountable 
the things I've shared out of this book for you. You know what I want? I want every single one of you standing. I don't want one person in this building to miss out on heaven. Not one. And so I've been reminded as, as I think about you know, organizational of the church and how that thing needs to, to, to run. That's God's blueprint for me as an individual. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like a wake-up call. It's like, here it is. All these people are going to gather in a facility. They're going to call it Bible Fellowship Church. They're going to call it the BFC family, whatever it is. They're going to come for coffee. They're going to come for donuts. They're going to come for their seat. But have they come to meet the most important person of all? The Messiah. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Is there a hunger in your soul for this to be the blueprint of your life? For this to be the instruction manual of your life? Are you like me that every time I, it seems like I open it, I'm just like, this is impossible. There's no way this is going to work. So then I wake up in the morning and say, okay, God, I need a miracle today. I need the presence and the power of God that's living inside of me to go one up on the other side of that's living inside of me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission. I set you free. Is that you this morning? Or maybe you just need to stop and evaluate. Not, there was there a time in your life that you sat in church and said, yeah, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Is there a pattern of discipleship in your life that proves you truly are a disciple of the state? Know this. Today's a gift. There is no guarantee for you tomorrow. You have none. According to this instruction manual, the Word of God, There's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you've never said, you know what, Jesus? I'm putting my faith in you today. I'm accepting the free gift of salvation today. If you've never done that, guess what? If the bomb would have went off, you wouldn't be in heaven today. If that bomb would have went off and you would have been standing next to it, and you've never said yes to Jesus and you'd be in a place called hell where there are no second chances. Where you will be eternally separated from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Forever. I don't like that thought of any of you sitting in this building being away from my Savior for eternity. But as much as I don't like it, it's your choice. No matter what I do, it's your choice. I'm saying to you today, make your Savior Jesus. I'm begging you. I know most of you. 
I don't want to say this. To those of you that put your faith in Jesus Christ, guard your heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, Matthew 18 might be a real priority in your life. You might be the one that two or three witnesses come alongside of. And you're going to have to make a choice. Be responsible for your actions. Admit what you were doing is wrong. Reclarify whatever you need to reclarify with those individuals. You might have to say the probably the most difficult words that ever will ever come out of your mouth. I am sorry. And I want you to know something. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we will not play partiality and we will not show favoritism. We won't do it. When we are wrong, we will, we will admit that we are wrong and we will go in a different direction. If we're not willing to do that as leadership, I pray that we hold you to that standard too. In grace, in truth, we're not going to come around and beat you up. We're not, we're not, we don't have little drones flying around waiting for somebody to mess up so we can go have a meeting with somebody. Okay, we're not looking for fault. We're not gossip players. We're none of those things. But I long to be a man of truth. I long to have the truth and the instruction, but mold my life to be the man that God wants me to be. Let's pray. Father, you've given us some very clear instructions. They are quite uncomfortable. As you look at the truth, how you want your family to be handled. So, Father, as we look at this truth, we're asking you for strength. We're asking you for wisdom. We're asking you for courage. Father, I want to thank you for the leadership that you've put together at Bible Fellowship Church. And I pray, Lord, that those men continue to follow you. Father, that we would be men that guard our heart. Be careful. Thank you, Lord, that you've put a group of sinners together that love you and that will continue to ask the Holy Spirit to mold their lives to follow you. Father, if I look at this passage of Scripture more and more as I thought about it more and more this week, and the circumstances that took place in Highlands County was a wake-up call for me. So, Father, if there's a, a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl sitting in this room that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, Jesus, make it today. If you're sitting in this room, and if the bomb would have went off, would you be in, in heaven this morning? Or would you be in hell? There's only one way to get to heaven. By receiving the free gift of salvation through a Savior named Jesus. So you're separated because of your sin. For all of sin. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his love towards sinners now. While yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, the way just in his death, but the gift of God is eternal life. All of us sitting in this room 
are sinners. You have to make a choice to accept the free forgiveness, to accept the free gift of salvation. Father, you know the ones that need to make that decision. If you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit has put the spotlight on you, please say yes. We'd love to talk with you. We've got the What's Next ministry out the back. Or I'll be standing over here on the side. Love to chat with you. God, bring one more. One more brother and sister. Be with us in heaven forever, please. For those of you that are sitting here that maybe you need to guard your heart. Maybe you need to remove the plank out of your own eye. Maybe it's just been a reminder to you that you are God's ambassador. Whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, I just encourage you, surrender. There's no greater place than to surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let him loose in your life. Looking to change you from the inside out. You're the only one that can stop it. My prayer for you as a brother, a friend, is to say yes and let the Holy Spirit free in your life. Father, thank you for the privilege to gather around your word this morning. Thank you for allowing us to look at some instructions, how you want us to run this this family. Uh, give us the courage to move out and be ambassadors that follow you wholeheartedly. In your name I pray. Amen.